Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Brownie Points. By the way, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this week, we had an emergency change in programming. I'm sorry if you're looking forward to me talking about the Mustang, but there was too much to talk about involving Marvel this week. Nick and I are going to talk about the new in-game trailer and the fact that James Gunn is back for Guardians 3. And then we're going to talk about something that certainly probably isn't normally a movie, but for some reason, probably because of John Goodman, ended up in theaters called Captive State. And we're going to hop into the time machine and go back to 2004 to talk about the Ashton Kutcher thriller, The Butterfly Effect. All that on this week's edition of Brownie Points. Whatever it takes! All right, as I said at the start of the show, we had to make an emergency change in programming for this episode. We are not going to talk about Mustang. We are going to talk about the trailer that dropped this week. Nick, we finally have an official trailer for Marvel's The Avengers Endgame. And just so you guys know, we obviously watched it the moment it dropped. Uh, what was it, Thursday morning? But I watched um, it. I watched it in my cubicle at work. <laughs> yeah, I did. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure we could all collectively just like, yeah, we uh, yeah, we all did that because <laughs> I, yeah. I totally did. It. I, I, I totally I did. Texted, too. <laughs> I texted you and said, dude, that new Marvel trailer. And you just said it's out. And I was like, for some reason, it's out. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally I did that, too. I'm pretty sure we could all admit that we did that. But um, yeah. anyway, we also just watched it now. Uh, literally, we just hit record maybe a. 30 seconds after watching the trailer just cause, <laughs> because we didn't want to waste a bunch of good thoughts oh my god there is <laughs> there really is a lot to unpack on this trailer man the, um this, this two minutes and 30 second long trailer is by far more entertaining than one of the movies that we will discuss later in this episode oh hands down yeah we we have a movie that uh is as entertaining as this trailer and then a movie that's not but yeah. anyway um <laughs> uh, the very first thing that you said to me once the trailer was done, uh, please re- <laughs> please reiterate that for all of our listeners because it's so funny. So when the trailer ended after we watched it, uh, we you know we we made comments throughout the trailer, but as soon as the trailer ended, it wasn't like there wasn't even a moment of silence. I just went, man, I love that this trailer is so Marvel that even the trailer has a post credit scene when they cut to the <laughs> cut to the shot of Thor and uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that because really it adds it adds nothing to the trailer other than just a funny quick comment and then it cuts out and i was like that's a post credit scene <laughs> yeah no and we're so and i didn't even register that because i'm so indoctrinated and it's so normalized to me at this point like that oh of course that yep that's literally what they do in the movies too <laughs> yeah. um so to just walk through the trailer real real quick we're not gonna do a scene by scene breakdown but um oh, God, no. starting off the trailer like um with where we are now like just taking us through that memory lane just to kind of remind us like how far we've come like technically we're 11 years out now but yeah um i think i thought that was really cool like uh maybe you have a better idea about why all the black and white footage was emphasizing the color red like that kind of schindler effect schindler's list kind of effect where like the girl in the red dress stood out in the black and white footage that's kind of Mm -hmm. what they do here too um obviously not for the same reasons (laughs) but um the what, what did you think why the color red was so prominent versus uh, the rest of the footage uh, being black and white? 
probably I don't know, but uh, my one guess would be what is the red Infinity Stone? Um, that is the ether because... from Thor: The Dark World. That's um, I don't remember the uh, I don't remember the name of that stone offhand. I just know they called it the ether in Thor: The yeah. Dark World. If you um, if you but... want to look that up for a second, um, but yeah, I think uh, because the one thing that my theory uh, for oh the reality stone that's it is part it's sorry what? Marvel fanatics it was sorry Marvel fanatics for holding you and making you scream at us for a second that's the reality stone yeah so what I think it I think it has something to do with they have they're gonna have to beat him uh, taking advantage of the red and the red infinity stone is what I what I take that to mean. Now that could be wildly wrong, but yeah. uh, the one the one thing is, you know, uh, Thanos even shows it uh, in uh, Infinity War when um, Star Lord goes to kill Gamora and he goes to shoot her and it comes out as bubbles and he goes reality can be whatever I want it to be and then it shows uh, Thanos has already actually beat the Collector things like that. I think they're going to have to change reality or something like that. So that's what I take the color red being emphasized to mean. Um, now, cut to our episode a month from now, and I'm going to have to eat those words and be wildly wrong. But that's what I, <laughs> right now, that's what I take the color red to be emphasized for in the trailer. Honestly, that's, that's a better guess than I can think of. Like, I was trying to think if, like, the color red was important to, um, to, to anything specifically. Like, I mean... I don't know why I would single out Iron Man because Iron Man is red or most of his suits red and gold or um, the red on the shield of Captain America. Like I was trying to think of like how red was important to all the characters. Thor's but, like, cape is red. Yeah. Like I, I, but then again, like why would they single out that color specifically? Like, I mean, yeah. maybe because it's like a bold color. Like I, maybe, I'm not, yeah, I'm not maybe a, because of how much it would contrast. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not much of a color theorist. Like, um, when it comes to things like that and maybe i'm thinking maybe i'm thinking too deep on it maybe it is something to do with the reality stone like that's a really good theory but um yeah. not to get so hung up on that um so we we get through all this black and white footage and they are talking about um just uh tony's in space stranded sorry again i don't care if this is a spoiler for someone uh, Guys, he's it's stranded been, it's in been space a year and the it's been a year, and the sequel is coming out for what last year was one of the most anticipated movies of the year. Yeah. And then this movie is probably the most anticipated movie of the year for most people. Yeah. It's been a year. If you wanted to know what was going on by now, you've had a year. You yeah. You should have seen it. <laughs> exactly. I saw it three. I saw it three or four times while it was in the theater. Come on, guys. Exactly. Um, so anyway, the Tony's sad. Like he's he's trying to talk about like how he's. He's just basically given up, at least, from what I can tell in the trailer. And then between this one and the teaser trailer, we also get a lot of Scarlett Johansson. Like, it really feels like they're going to make give her a lot of the reign uh, and a kind of a lead performance this time, mm -hmm. more than any of the other films, which is fine with me. Um, she, she gets her hair back to red, which is fine in my book. I think that looks way better than her bleached out eyebrows and blonde hair in the last film. Yeah. Not to... Not to be hung up on the superficial details, but <laughs> um, <laughs> nitpick. Well, the the Hawkeye the, the Hawkeye mohawk bothers me too. I think that looks really silly on him, but <laughs> I think it looks really nice until he turns I... his head and you see his face. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! 
I, I thought what I said was well, bad. I mean, side profile's fine, <laughs> then he turns and looks, and I'm like, all right, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the, uh, but no, like, um, then from there, um, everybody's just, I mean, there's not really that much of a difference, really, that I took away between this and the teaser trailer, other than it's just longer. There's there's yeah. scenes of them preparing, like, pe- like uh, Scarlet, uh, or not Scarlet Witch, um, uh, uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson uh, shooting a shooting a target practice. Uh, Hawkeye mm-hmm. shooting an arrow with uh, his daughter. I presume it's his daughter. Um, we get a lot more shots of Scott like looking concerned. Uh, Ant Man. We get a lot mm-hmm. of shots of him looking concerned, and like it's becoming obvious that he's a part of the. He's uh, he's found these guys because. Uh, well, when we left him in Ant Man two, um, I know you haven't seen it, but when we leave him in Ant Man, spoil it. It's okay. Okay, perfect. I kind of have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're fine. Um, at the end of Ant-Man 2, he's um, he's going into the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And while he's in the quantum realm, Michael Douglas, uh, the Wasp, I can't remember her actress's name, and his mother, all three get snapped. So he's kind of just floating in the quantum realm, just like, guys? What? Guys? But then, obviously, like, he comes back. So, like, I was talking to one of my friends about the trailer on Thursday, and he was just like, oh, well, outside of the spoiler of Tony gets back with the guys when they have that money shot of them all walking in those spacesuits, other than that spoiler that he gets back to them, I thought the trailer was cool. I'm like, we love Scott in the quantum realm. What? Where's the spoiler there that he gets out? Like, (laughs) obviously he comes back too, but you're obviously not as hung up on that versus Tony being stranded in space after he watched yeah. spider-man die in front of him when when uh the teaser trailer came out and they showed tony talking um well in infinity war i i'm a, again i'm not i'm done defending if someone considers this a spoiler you've had a year get over it um but when he gets stabbed the first time i saw that movie i was like oh wow they're gonna kill him now yeah and when he when he ends up living i was like ah, where are they gonna go with him but, uh, you know, it, uh, when they showed the teaser trailer and he's giving his, uh, his memoirs of his last moments, uh, thinking, I remember thinking, I was like, all right, he's, you know, he does starve to death. And then when they showed him back on earth, I was like, wow, how's he get back to earth? Um, but you know, it's, it's a trailer. It's a very good trailer. Um, I, I really, I had goosebumps almost the entire time. Um, when, yeah, that, that, mu- that music is, that music really is what gave me that goosebumps music's phenomenal. more than anything. Um, yeah. it, it really projects, you know, that trailer, it's really, it's really weird because it gets you excited to see the new movie while simultaneously giving you that sense of dread of Thanos one. Yeah, without even showing Thanos, by the way. Yeah, he's not in this trailer, is he? No, he's. I don't think he, he is. Uh, no, he's not in the trailer. Um, he's on the poster. He's like buried in the corner yeah. of the poster. But no, we don't. We don't see Thanos. We don't see like all of this trailer and the teaser trailer because really they're not that different when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, they're not showing that much of the movie. It's they're just showing a lot of recap. Yeah, well, not even recap. It's just all of them in dread and then just realizing like we let this guy win. We cannot let him win again. We have to yeah. do whatever it takes. Like, hashtag yeah. whatever it takes. 
Like, if anything, oh. this was just really a marketing ploy to get that hashtag going for, like, more marketing purposes, really. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a good trailer. I really I really liked it. Um, yeah. It The thing that I liked is the tone it projects for the movie. Because I remember when I, when I left that movie and when I rewatched it a couple months ago, my thought was, they better hold this tone yeah. of, oh, my God, we failed half the half the uh, population is gone yeah what what do we do because we've never lost and not only have we never lost we lost and half of our people are gone we don't know what to do well half the people in the so, universe are gone too like i mean yeah. obviously that's weighing on them too but obviously their immediate proximity is just like oh crap we yeah. just lost half our team so uh, to me like that that trailer like if if that's the tone that movie has i can't wait for that movie I already yeah. couldn't wait for that movie, and I really can't wait for that movie now. Well, now Captain Marvel's in it too, and the stinger at the end of that trailer—jeez, that was so funny! Like that was just, funny. That, that was really that, good. That stare down, and I like her. That was that was that was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Thor's just like, I like her. I was like, I, I just remember watching that, and I was like, well, he dies, she's his replacement. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll. Uh, I no, we're not gonna start a Deadpool. We're not starting a Deadpool for this on this episode, at least. <laughs> Let's. Um. Oh, we should do that though. Uh, maybe people should email us what their thoughts are, and then maybe we can make a Deadpool like the week before. Um. Yeah. Because we still got like four weeks of fan theories to go through, and just more trailers and is, more marketing. Is like, this the last? Is this the last theatrical trailer? Because I, I have a feeling they're going to do. No, there's going to be a no. The way it goes is typically like a teaser, official trailer, trailer two, and then sometimes there's a trailer three. Sometimes they just jump from two to final. So we we have another two or three more trailers coming, okay, plus good. all the TV spots and uh, internet ads I, and. Yeah, that's one of those things where I don't. I don't get super wrapped up in the TV ads because they're so short. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty excited. And... I kind of don't want to watch any more trailers, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, this wasn't the only Marvel news of the week, too. I mean, Guardians yes. 3 got their director back. Yes, and thank you for bringing that up. That is a great segue into this next topic I wanted to talk about. Uh, t- trying to get you to watch the Guardians of the Galaxy films... Via via James Gunn finally coming back and I just I just watched two. Friday, you oh oh viewer or listeners, this is brand new news to me. You did not tell me that you watched (laughs) Guardians two. Yeah, I watched two Friday night. Okay, forget my forget my elevator pitch. Please please tell me that you really loved the Guardians. Well, I mean, you're watching them oh, yeah. out of order, but please tell me you love the yeah, Guardians so, and understand where we're coming from and why yes, it's a big deal yes, that James is yes. coming back. So, uh, to explain, I haven't watched... It's not that I haven't watched these movies because I watched or I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, these are dumb. I don't want to watch them. The Guardians films, honestly, have basically been movies where I'm like, I should watch that. I want to watch that. And then I just haven't. I can't give you a good explanation why. I just haven't. Um, so, my dad's getting ramped up for... Uh, Endgame. So he rented Black Panther, Guardians Two, and Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity War. That is War funny. Wait, he rented them. Yeah, he rent. Yeah, from the family video that we got Fargo at. Hold um, on. He rented all three Marvel films that are on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just okay. I just I, I just wanted I also, to mention I that. I just Infinity wanted to War. point that. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> or at least I think I think Guardians Two is still on Netflix, but it I is. know for a fact I it know is. for a fact that it's... Black Panther is and Infinity War. 
it's why it's honestly why I hadn't watched the second one yet. Um, because I was like, oh, well, episode one's not on here. I should see that first. And then he rented it. And I was like, all right. Oh, I'll oh, wait, you're saying it. he rented the first one. No, he rented the second one. Oh my God. And they're all on Netflix. That is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, really dug it. I like the story. Um, I like, uh, I really like Dave Bautista's character a lot. Uh, were you familiar with him, his wrestling background? Cause I wasn't when I first saw the first no. one. No, I didn't. Uh, shockingly, I think me and you are like the two people from the Middle East that grew up in the late '90s, early 2000s that didn't watch wrestling. Wait, you mean the Midwest? Um, you mean the Midwest? Yeah, what I say, Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really watch it uh, growing up. But yeah, I really liked his character. I thought he was hilarious. Um, I liked the story. Uh, I liked. Uh, I didn't really have other than. Um, uh, and this is ma- mainly once she was introduced, I knew I didn't really like her, uh, aunt, uh, the, uh, lady with the antennas. Oh, um, I can't remember her name either. Yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about though. I, the uh, one that can, the one that can read everybody's feelings. Yeah. Uh, I, I go back and forth on whether I like her or not, and I can't tell you why. Um, but other than that, I really like the movie. I really dug it. I can't wait to see the first one. Yeah. Honestly, my goal is to see the... My goal is to see the first one and then the two Ant-Man movies before uh, Endgame. But that still leaves me without having seen Thor The Dark World. But honestly, I've gotten this well, far without it. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> the, re- the, realities, the reality stone exists there now you don't have to watch thor the dark world <laughs> all right that's literally all you take away i from still that film. i still um, would like to own all the marvel movies and just have like a shelf and be like that's all of them yeah um <laughs> but back to um guardians um i guess if i have to pitch you now um oh you don't the... like i'm gonna see it yeah. well no i i me personally i thought it's gonna be interesting i want to bring this up when you do watch it again or when you do watch it um i thought watching it first to second i thought the first film was a little funnier but that's the real the real strength of the film like um isn't in the its sense of humor like it does have a good sense of humor uh the second film kind of beats a few jokes into the ground a little too much in my opinion versus the first one yeah but really the strength of it and how again tying this back into james gunn james gunn has this sense of characters or not sense he has this way of understanding these characters and the dynamics to which they bounce off each other and like the real interpersonal relationship that they have with each other and found mm-hmm. a way to construct a plot. I don't know if it's based on a specific comic or anything, or if he just took the cores of who these characters were and made a story mm-hmm. around it. But not only was this perfectly cast, he, f- he understood how to write a story for these characters to not only go on these personal arcs of growth, from all just being jerks to actually like working together as a team and growing that empathy and care and love for each other. Like a real rag, the old, this was one of the best executions of a real ragtag team, uh, just coming, coming together under these extraordinary circumstances. They don't want to, they, they just are thrown into this and they kind of have to come together or, well, I mean, in this case, the, the power stone's going to be sent to Rodan in the first film, the second film. I mean, it's the whole thing with Kurt Russell, but, um, but by the way, um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see I, them come together 
as your second experience versus they are already together. And then the main crux of the film is uh, Quinn and his father um, or yeah. Quinn dealing with like his father. Yeah. Your comment last week about digital de-aging. I wholly wholeheartedly agree with you. Kurt Russell looked great. Surprisingly, it wasn't that much like, or at least from what he said, um, I was I read an interview where he said that it wasn't as much computer heavy as he expected. So I yeah. mean, I'll take him at his word that it wasn't that much, but um but oh my god, he looked like how he did for the thing. He looked so yeah. good. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, uh I guess on that note, um we're both I'm glad we can both genuinely be happy that James Gunn is coming back. Um, after yeah. what after what Disney did to him, we don't I we don't need to dig up what happened to him. It, it was I'll I'll leave it at this. I I disagree with Disney firing him, and I'm glad he's back. I'll leave it at that. Uh, so with that, Nick and I are going to take a brief break, and we will be back to talk about Captive State. Stay tuned. Oh boy. All right, just like last week, Nick and I went to the theaters and saw a new release. This week, we saw Captive State, directed by Rupert Wyatt of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The film stars John Goodman, along with Vera Farminga, and neither of us really liked this movie, did we? No, it was was not a fun movie to sit through at all. (laughs) I, man, I, I feel like you have... Based on what you texted me after you saw the movie, you have a little bit oh, more. Oh, it wasn't of... even after. It was during. Yeah. <laughs> it was during the movie I was texting you. <laughs> I feel. Now, I feel like you have a more get... passionate before... response to the film than I did. If you want to kick off your thoughts first. So before people get mad, yes, I was on my phone in this movie. Uh, two things. One, uh, there were three other people besides me and my fiance, and two, my fiance were and I were the farthest people back. So I turned down my volume and I made sure that only my screen didn't go forward. So before anyone gets mad, yeah, but I don't normally do that in a movie. But yeah, I uh, I think you were the one that kind of pushed to do the movie. Um, well, there, to be fair, not, there wasn't really, really anything else that came out. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even so much that you really pushed for it. It was one of the ones where you were just the one that went, out of all the movies, I think we should see this. And admittedly, I didn't really know too much about the movie going into it. Um, I had seen the trailer, I think, when I went in, I'd maybe seen it once, and uh, I remember seeing it, and I was like, that doesn't look very good, and then John Goodman was in it, and I was like, alright, I like him enough, I'd see it, and then right right when I was looking up movie times, I saw the cast list and saw the rapper Machine Gun Kelly was in it, and I was like, oh, it's one of these movies where it's probably a straight-to-Netflix movie, but they accidentally got John Goodman and they went, oh crap, we paid them so much money, we have to put this in theaters. And <laughs> man, I I really hated this movie. <laughs> um, to start, uh, it starts off with a action scene. Um, and because it's an action scene, I didn't really mind the camera work in it. Um, and then after it does like the opening title part of it and it goes to the rest of the movie, uh, it's suffering from uh shaky cam syndrome which it's 2019 i thought that died well it's not apparently it's not so much shaky cam it's terrible lighting the movie's so badly lit oh no dude there's there's scenes where i i swear 
there's scenes that are shot like they just went, we got to go to a nursing home and we got to find everyone with Parkinson's and hand them a camera and then just <laughs> have them film our movie. Because there's, there's a scene very late in the movie where they're looking at a picture in the apartment of a lady. And they're oh, right. whoa, look at whoa, look at this picture. And they walk over and the cameraman start it starts with it centered and then it is and then the camera just starts like shaking like someone's nodding their head around like they've like they just they can't stand still. And I was like, it's a scene where I'm supposed to analyze a picture and I can't focus on it because you keep moving the camera so I can't focus on one point. And the whole movie is that. There's scenes where they're just talking and then there's some guy just like with the camera and he's like he's didn't take his medicine or something and just shaking uncontrollably. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's too dark. Uh, the story's very the story for the type of movie that or for the plot of the movie, the way they make the story is about as lazy as you could like there wasn't anything creative in it. The CGI horrible. The first, the first yeah. action scene, there's a CGI of the alien in it, and you can tell from that scene how bad the CGI is going to be. Um, there's one scene, I remember uh, us talking about it after both seeing the movie, where there's an entirely dark room, and there's a light, and the alien's black, and it's poorly CGI'd, so it just blends in with the rest of the room, and they've got the shaky cam thing, and the only thing you can see is that stupid light, and it's a minute-long shot. Yeah. No, that... Is, is horrible. There's, the acting there's is things atrocious. like that. There's things like that with every action scene in the film, where there's maybe, yeah. like, two lights max, or three lights max, yeah. and just... Uh, yeah, just, it doesn't look... You can't tell what's happening. Like, I can't even agree with you about the CGI, because I couldn't get a good look at it. Oh, dude, the the easiest way to tell is the scenes where they have the spaceship on the lake, because it takes place in Chicago. The, yeah. the scenes where the spaceship's on the lake. By the way, they use the same shot, like, two or three times. Yeah. For, like, 45 minutes apart in the movie. But there's a scene where there's a spaceship on the river, and then it just starts going. And the way it's the way it's filmed is the water and the sky looks very grainy. So it looks like someone just recorded the... Uh, the lake it's like they were like all right record this and then we're gonna use it in our movie and then someone decided they had to zoom so they zoomed in on it so the camera or i'm sorry the sky and the water look very grainy and then the spaceship looks heavily rendered but comes in much clearer and then the spaceship starts going and it pans across the river and it just it looks so bad oh it it, looks yeah, and that's the part where it just kind of stops and then goes yeah, and then up. Yeah, it stops for some reason. It stops and then angles and then goes up in the sky. And the yeah, further that was... up in the sky it goes, it looks more natural because the sky is less zoomed. Well, so the, I'm phys- the physics of someone that... took that shot. Someone took that shot or a picture and just zoomed in on it too much, and then they poorly CGI'd a spaceship into it, so the shot itself looked bad, and then they did really bad CGI, so the whole thing was just a cavalcade of no. The fe- the physics of that didn't make any freaking sense either. Like, why would you accelerate like that and then come to a dead stop and then go straight yeah. up in the air instead of, and like, a gradual incline? S- it doesn't even slow down and then stop. It just goes and then slams on its brakes and it's immediately stopped <laughs> and then it goes up in the sky. All the per- um, all, all the people in the ship in that scene just all collectively just hit their head in front of yeah. the chair at the same time. Um, 
uh, the but, acting in this is terrible. Um, they, if you're going, if you are like me and you're the only excitement is, oh, John Goodman's in it. He's a good actor. Um, his character is not written to have an emotional response to anything. Yeah. Uh, so he can't have emotions. So he's terrible because it looks like it sounds like he's phoning it in, but he's written in a way where he phones it in. Um, and my laughable highlight of the movie before going in, Machine Gun Kelly. One, he's in more of the movie than I thought he would be based on the trailer. A lot more. And I have two, so much. I have so much to say about the structure of like who gets what screen time when you're done. By yeah. the way, because that's probably Dude. my biggest issue with the film. And then, and then, his okay. Here's the really weird thing about his acting: the times where he's supposed to have emotional inflection, like the time where he's like, "You're supposed to have an emotional reaction to this. This is supposed to anger you. This is supposed to put you in shock." Honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. The problem mm-hmm. is, it's the complete opposite, where it's like, hey, just talk like a normal person. He puts too much emotion into it, and it's like, no, you're actually doing the opposite of what I expect you to, you to do. You need to dial it back instead of dial it up. <laughs> and then, yeah, like you were talking about with the story structure, uh, what was the, who's the main character? That's, okay. Because I, is... I, I only know Gabriel, that's the only character name I know, and there's there's basically three stories, but they're impossible to follow. Yeah, because, thank you, this is a perfect segue into my thoughts on the film. And first, because you mentioned it, I apologize for this being our movie. I didn't anticipate it being as bad as it was. <laughs> no, dude, you're fine. There was nothing else to see. I'm just saying, I'm, yes. I'm just saying you seemed like you were more for this movie than me because you were the one that, at, you look, when we were talking, you... We, I couldn't come up with anything, and you went, "Well, let's do this one." Well, yeah, that so... was there was nothing there was nothing else, and I was actually a little bit excited for this. But so anyway, before we get into spoiler talk, uh, like we did last week for Captain Marvel, I'll just kind of run through my as little spoilery. A spoiler. <laughs> I'll try to run through my uh, my thoughts as spoiler free as I can. Um, more or less, like the biggest problem with the film that I have is that, like you're saying, it is such. The, the story surprises are so predictable and the actual plot of the film, once it comes to light, what exactly the point of the film is supposed to be and the mm-hmm. big twist ending, when you realize, oh, he was the main character, this was all for him, it's so stupid. It's The payoff is so <laughs> not worth it because you see it coming a mile away and yeah. the movie just kind of ends. Um, and then getting to that point, the structure of the film itself for a plot that is so ridiculously simple, again, once it all comes together and you realize what the point of the film was trying to do with its plot, Mm -hmm. there is no reason to have us introduced to John Goodman's character and then the dynamic between him and, um, the other, the kid, um, I just remember he was the guy from Moonlight. Um, he was the middle teenager in Moonlight, um. I'll, uh, I should have had his name up right here. Uh, the, his, the guy that was Gabriel, yeah, Gab- Gabriel, uh, played yeah. by Ashton Sanders. He's most famous for being in Moonlight. But um, oh. but anyway, like the dynamic between them, like John Goodman trying to like manipulate him to work for him, like that was kind of interesting. When all Gabriel wants to do is just get his uh, was it girlfriend, sister? I can't remember. Uh, no, it's his, it's definitely his girlfriend because okay. I really hope that... it's not his sister based on the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Oh right, 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 right. Sorry, that was that's right. Um, yeah, the, that that's how little interest I had the, in the film right off the bat too. Uh, but anyway, it's that. <laughs> well, it's... dude, they gave you two minutes of reading. Yeah, 
there's there's that dynamic and then after that's established that there's that's going to be one of the main conflicts of the film we cut to uh the the phoenix organization they're the they're the people if we if we didn't establish this clear enough they they're the faction of people that are trying to fight back against the alien where john goodman is working Mm -hmm. with the police to uh try to just make sure that they are allowed to still exist more or less yeah it's it breaks down a lot kind of like in world war ii where the germans invaded france the French surrendered, so the government essentially went to them, and then there was the French resistance. Exactly. Aliens are the not aliens are the Nazis. John Goodman's government is the French government, and then the Phoenix Corporation is the French resistance. Is essentially Ex- how it breaks down. Exactly. Yes, that's that's a perfect way. That's a perfect parallel to this. But what I'm getting at now is that after we had this much time with John Goodman and Gabriel at the start, we literally spend like almost an hour with just the Phoenix. So yeah. <laughs> we completely Dude. forget that they're in the film, which I mean, admittedly, like the plot that they pull off on Soldier Field, um, again, trying to avoid spoilers, that plot, that that plot that they pull off is hands down the best part of the film. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I thought it was, follow it when they, I thought it was, so, I thought it was, I mean, it's kind of silly. The, I'll tell you at the beginning it's of the plot, silly, but at the beginning of the plot, I didn't know who any of the people were. And then they're just like, we're now at Soldier Field. And I was like, well, yeah, Why I mean, outside of field, <laughs> well, outside of no, outside of just you have to assume more or less that they're yeah. a part of the Phoenix until the plan goes into motion. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, we just have to spend time with these guys forever, and then, um, after some plot goes by, um, we go back and remember. Oh wait, yeah, this movie's supposed to be about John and Gabriel, I guess, and then, <laughs> and then the two storylines the phoenix and them start to intersect a little bit and then um i mean let's 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 break down the ending here after i'll i'll just go ahead and give you guys my well, i'll give you say, I'll, let's, do our, let's do our ratings and then we can go into just a yeah let me all yeah. whatever on the movie although honestly i don't understand how there's spoilers to this movie because i couldn't even i i watched the movie i can't tell you what the story was well i'll tell you it, what i think the so movie wanted over. I'll tell you what I think the movie wanted you to believe the twist was, even though you, again, you could see it coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, I give this, so. I mean, like I was saying, I thought the soldier field sequence was kind of cool. Like, I think you can appreciate it out of context. Um, even though it is kind of silly. Um, I, I, I can't believe that the film was so almost incomprehensibly structured for how simplistic <laughs> the plot was, especially when you get to the big twist ending, which again, isn't that big a twist if you actually pay attention yeah um i i agree the performances are kind of not great i wouldn't say terrible but they're not great john goodman definitely is phoning it in and vera Farmiga is phoning it phoning it in too um i feel bad for ashton because i feel like he was the only actor that was really trying um his hardest yeah yeah um and no one in the no one in the phoenix organization was really that convincing either um i for for the pedigree that rupert had coming into this film from rise of the planet of the apes like I kind of like that what he was trying to do, but I feel like the film itself, I feel like this was something that could have worked better if it was expanded a little more because it feels like it was trying to do this gigantic, thoughtful um, sci-fi epic. But then, yeah, if instead of getting the time to like maybe do like a miniseries where like four like four or five hours were like 
an episode's dedicated to John Goodman, an episode's dedicated to Gabriel, an episode's dedicated to, like, The Phoenix, and then it all comes together in, like, the final episode, or maybe, like, the final episode and a half. Like, it feels like it was trying to... It feels like it was forced to cram all these big ideas into one movie, and then it kind of negating itself and kind of made it kind of stupid. Or they could have even... They could have honestly even made this movie a trilogy of just the same event in three different ways. Or, Or film it like Dunkirk. It's the same story, three different ways in the same movie or something. But my God, don't do it how they did it. Yeah, no, the the big the, there's big ideas in this, and I do kind of appreciate it, but I cannot give this higher than just a point and a half, just one and a half brownie points for me. I I appreciate ambition, but uh, man, this was just not. I just I feel bad that it came out yeah. the way it did. It's just this is really not a great film to sit through. Yeah, this um, that, you know. This is the worst film we've sat through for this podcast. Granted, it's only the third episode, but this was terrible. Um, Like you, what I think it is, is I think the script was written by someone that wasn't very creative, and then the director tried to take it in a way where it is more creative. I think it's the same thing with a lot of the actors. It's just they're not given anything to work with. Um, It's one of those, it's kind honestly, it is kind of like polishing a turd where, you know, you start out with a turd no matter what you do and how much you work to polish it and make it nice and everything. It's still a turd. Um, bad CGI, incomprehensible editing, uh, horrible camera techniques, um, characters you can't really get behind. Uh, pretty obvious. I, would, I don't even really know if it's a twist at the end. Just pretty obvious turns that the story is going to take. Um, it's just, it's not enjoyable. Um, I... I don't really. I can't really think of a good thing to say about this movie. Like, I can't go. I can't go. Oh yeah, well that was bad. But you know, there's there's this point in the movie, or there's at least you get this performance, or at least the CG. Like, dude, it's yeah. It's it's a nut. It leaves you with a nothing feeling. Um, when the movie ended, the uh, all the people in our theater kind of just sat there, and we all just stared at the screen, and everyone kind of just waited for someone to be like, "That was awful." Um, <laughs> I'm annoyed. I'm. Frankly, I want to deduct points from the movie for actually me having to give it a score um, because I, I feel like that's more work than what was put into the movie. Um, but, and I'm being generous here. Uh, it's it's a one at the highest. I feel it's you. A, it's one brownie point. It's, it's a miserable movie. It's just, the symbolism yeah. they put into it... Um, the symbolism they put into it, like I like I recapped, where it's basically like the Nazis invading Germany, and then there's a French, or not the Nazis invading Germany, the Nazis invading France, and then there's a French resistance. I mean, it's not creative in that um, you don't really get a good idea of what the aliens want to use the world for. They're just there to well, take yeah, they, stuff. Well, yeah, well, no, they they're stripping the world of the resources. What they want to use the resources for outside of that, yeah, but. At but least yeah, they're there. Like, I don't get their motivation for what they're just like. They want to do this. Why? Because they do. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I see um, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's not creative. Um, also, it to me commits the ultimate terrible movie sin. Of it opens with an action scene, and then there's two minutes of reading, and that two minutes of reading can be summed up with uh, aliens invaded the Earth. We don't really know. We're assuming they want the Earth's resources. The government surrendered. All weapons are now outlawed. Large cities have been quarantined off to where they're they're themselves, and there's walls around them. Uh, 
and there is a small faction of people that are trying to be a resistance. That was like, what, 30 seconds? And this movie spends two to three minutes typing oh, that could, out on the screen. You could have even cut that down more. Aliens invaded. Yeah. They want our resources. We surrendered. There's a resistance. You didn't even have to say the cities are walled off. It's That's pretty much, that's all that they could have done. Like, yeah, that was a pretty, that was a pretty long, like, I mean, they're, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't dock them that much. It's, they were being thorough, but yeah, at the same time, it's just like, okay, like, this is a lot of time away from like, actually like let's get going yeah but i do understand right. i mean i can't empathize a little bit with trying to do some some world building even though you could have been more creative than just yeah. a series of texts um yeah but so yeah any do... yes uh let's go ahead and complain about the twist ending guys we're gonna go into a spoilers <laughs> we're gonna go into a spoiler section go ahead and pause this it's, we're not gonna be here for very one... long uh, we... It's the one spoiler in the entire movie, and it's the most obvious thing I've ever seen. Oh, exactly. That's 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 my point when I start ranting on it. Um, so yeah. Anyway, you can go ahead and skip this. We're gonna go. We're only gonna be on this for like maybe another like five minutes or so. But uh, yeah, we're going into a spoiler zone for what I think is the biggest sin of the film. All right. Did you guys pause? Okay. Here it goes. You can see with more than an hour left in the film, that John Goodman is a part of the Resistance, and it's supposed to be a gigantic <laughs> reveal at the very end when he yeah. rides up into that spaceship after giving <laughs> Gabriel that uh, memory card with uh, the home video of uh, that birthday party yeah. on it. And then he rides yeah. up into that ship while they're intercutting between the two, and then it turns out all that jelly bomb stuff was on him. Yeah. And they were thinking that that was, like, the biggest surprise. Like, the way it was presented and shot and the music score behind it was like, that's the biggest surprise of the movie. We sure got you. Well, Wasn't that a not, shocker? They're not wrong in thinking that it's the biggest surprise of the movie because it is. But, frankly, there's no surprises in the movie. Exactly. Nothing keeps you on your toes throughout this stupid movie. No. Like, I mean, I guess I kind of was sort of surprised that he kind of had to sacrifice Vera Farminga. Like, I'm surprised he actually kind of went that far as to have them shoot her in the head. But, yeah, but I think I think they probably agreed upon martyrdom and, uh, you know, do this for the best of mankind or something like that. But, exactly. Yeah, that's what he was. That was telling. That's what he was telling Gabriel about his brother too. Like when he said maybe the plan was supposed to fail. Yeah. Can I can I complain about the jelly bomb thing for a second? Oh, how kind of silly that is. <laughs> oh no, not even that. So, yes, when. Early on in the movie, um, this actually brings it back to Godzilla, um, the commissioner of, I don't even know what, he's just the commissioner. They just like, that's all, they go, oh, he's the commissioner, but they never explain of what. Um, yeah. He is uh, the general from Godzilla, so. Oh, yeah. Um, in the last week's episode. Um, oh, um, oh, I know I was going to forget his name again. Uh, the guy from Veep. I think we yeah, have to make an effort to make sure we always see a movie with him every time now. <laughs> no, dude, that's going to be difficult. Um, Kevin Dunn, that's it. Yeah, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn's in this movie, and he's walking with John Goodman to where the entrance to the alien site is, and he has to walk through a shower, and they're like, you, we have to we have to fry off with this disinfecting spray before we meet him because they don't like the way we smell. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but whatever. So he gets this washed. It's this weird foamy gel thing. He gets washed in it. What was the point of that other than putting it in for the twist? It doesn't make sense why they would invade a planet. It's like, it smells terrible. Like, why? Um, that I, so he I can say either. So John, John Goodman later in the movie, the commissioner uh, they find out was uh, going to the one lady's house that was like the head of the resistance. Um, she ran a brothel, so 
he was going there for stuff and he kept leaking uh, he leaked information to her about what the government was doing with the aliens and what the and what the purpose was and so they fire that guy or kill him or whatever who cares and uh john goodman takes his place uh because john goodman edits out either edits out or doesn't play the part of the tape where he's like where he's constantly over there talking to her yeah. um but yeah, John Goodman, even though he's there more than the commissioner, he's not singled out in the tape. So he becomes the commissioner and he goes through the shower. And so the shower and the liquid bomb effect, they look exactly the same, exactly the same. There's no difference in them. Yeah. So when John Goodman is riding down the elevator to go blow up all the aliens and it's like, oh, this was all his plan to get to the, so he could get to the aliens and kill them. When he's going down... The gel stuff, if I guess if you move it enough or there's vibration on it, it becomes slightly visible. Yeah, um, if you just if you just like, like the, love if you just like love tap it, that's what the activation yeah. is. It it looks it honestly it's the predator it's the effect from Predator when the predator is invisible. Oh my um, god, also, that is such a great comparison. <laughs> also, uh, in case you guys didn't know, that movie came out in the eighties and this movie did not improve that effect at all and it's twenty nineteen. Yeah. So he's writing down in it and it look it looks like that, and uh, it looks like that effect. And so, I leaned over to Kelsey and I was like, "So are they saying it's a bomb, or is that still the disinfectant spray on his clothes?" She goes, "I think it's supposed to be the bomb." And I was like, "I mean, I think that's where the story wants to go with it, but the effect is so terrible and looks exactly like something he just did. I can't tell what's going on." And then the only way I knew what happened is when it goes to the credits, it does like a map, a digital map, and it says something like the alien base has been destroyed or something like that. It, it indicates something to show that the Chicago alien base was destroyed. That's the only clue that you get. And I remember just sitting there and thinking, that is such a stupid twist. That's such a lame way to execute it. And that's also so nonsensically impossible to decipher whether he's just still being disinfected or if he has a bomb on him. Yeah. I hated it. That's, yeah, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> Um, man, I don't, I don't have much else to talk about with this film other than I do want to bring up one thing. Yeah. Um, did you recognize, uh, one of the men in the resistance was Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No. It was, he was the professor with the gray beard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Cameron. So I'm laughing to myself when Cameron comes up on screen for the first time. It's like, geez, Louise, you're still living in Chicago and all this happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's still there. He has to pay his dad back for, for the car. He just got a job there. And he's like, it's easier to walk over and hand him the checks than mail it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that movie came out in the 80s and this movie still has a lot of worse things than 80s movies. Yeah. Uh, it's I just, so I... bad. Yeah, man. Um, I didn't ask, a, I meant to ask a question at the start, like I had been before, um, but I guess I'll ask it now. Would you rather want to live in this more ravaged Chicago, or would you rather watch this movie again? Man, I hate Chicago. <laughs> and if anyone we know lives in Chicago, don't take it personally. Um, the one of the one of the many reasons is I'm a big sports fan. Pretty much, my team's biggest rivals are all Chicago teams. Yeah, so that's you're, why I'm. You're, that's you're that's a, a big chunk of why. Yeah, you're a Wisconsin uh, guy. Yeah, well, j just to run down: St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis Blues, Green Bay Packers. I'm not gonna like Chicago teams. Um, 
that being so that being said that's why i don't really like chicago or a large reason why i don't like chicago but it's all it's all for sports so 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 you would rather so i'm guessing you would rather watch the movie again (laughs) yeah just i yeah i don't ever want to live in chicago so i guess it's i guess it's sit through the movie again but both of those are equally terrible options (laughs) to me (laughs) i I per I will I personally love Chicago. I love our fans in Chicago if there are any. <laughs> yeah, if if there are any of you guys, you guys are fantastic and you're the best people in Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Just don't remind just don't remind Nick that you're Bears fans. I don't care Bears Bulls. Go go win a championship for all I care. Twenty ten NFC champions. <laughs> all right. On that note, we're gonna take it. A... <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to take a trip into the time machine back to 2004 to talk about Ashton Kutcher in The Butterfly Effect. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's time for the time machine. Nick, what time are we in? We are going back to 2004 to see the Ashton Kutcher uh, thriller, butterfly effect and this is a movie that dan heavily recommended i had never seen before uh dan had fond memories of it as a kid so dan why don't you start us off with uh about the movie uh yeah i i did see this film now in retrospect way younger than i probably should have uh yeah it came out in 2004 like you said and that would have made me 12 but i don't think i i know i didn't see it in theaters i'm sure i believe i rented it and then bought it or i bought it on a whim i don't remember the exact scenario that i did see it but i know i own it um i still streamed it on netflix uh just for this case because i couldn't find the disc but um (laughs) but yeah i i'm my reappraisal of it right now i don't understand how i was not more traumatized by this movie than i was like I remember. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. I remember. Um, well, I'll, well, I'll run through the plot real quick. Basically, um, the film starts out with you following Ashton Kutcher's character um, as a kid. Uh, his name. Uh, I'll pull up his name. Uh, Evan. Basically, you're following Evan mm-hmm. um, throughout his childhood, and right off the bat, um, he doesn't have his dad in his life anymore. He's in a psych ward, and he is friend. His dad's in the psych yeah. His ward. dad's in a psych ward. Yeah, Not Evan. if that wasn't clear. Um, so basically, then uh, he hangs out with these kids, and uh, there's Kaylee, Lenny, Tommy, and uh, Tommy's a Tommy's a jerk. <laughs> I'm trying. To, Tommy's the. I'm devil. trying to. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep her clean tag, but oh my god, this is the most evil little kid He's I have ever sadistic. seen. And it's the most evil kid I've seen in a film probably since The Exorcist. He's he is putting bombs uh, yeah. in mailboxes. He is smoking, trying to get everyone else to smoke. He is just yelling in a the movie theater and then getting into a fight with somebody he, easily twice the size of him. He beats he beats he beats someone in a movie theater so bad they should be in a coma. Exa- yeah, and then and then worst of all, <laughs> um, he try, he sets Evan's dog on fire. No, not only that, 
He 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 kidnaps yeah. the dog. Oh yeah, kidnaps. Oh yeah, in just kidnaps. Sack, ties yeah. the bag, douses it in lighter fluid, and then lights yeah. it on fire. Like it's not just he lights the dog on fire. He really does it like the worst yeah. way possible. I mean, not to get so transfixed on how awful Evan's uh, social life is. Um, you do, <laughs> you do kind of, you do kind of get a sense of where at least um, Tommy and Kaylee are coming from um, because they. I mean, they are related. If I didn't say that. They are related, mm-hmm. and their father is a hardcore kitty porn fanatic and director, and wants Evan and uh, Kaylee to star in one of the films. And that was hands down the most uncomfortable scene of the movie for me. Yeah, that was. Um, but luckily, you don't see like anything happen. I mean, it's pretty clear what's going to happen and what's intended to happen. Yeah, but. Um, Throughout all these horrendous events, Evan keeps having uh, these blackouts. Um, and so, uh, anyway, we'll, uh, I'll jump forward a little bit to um, uh, to when he becomes an adult now, after certain life events happen. Uh, mainly these traumatizing things in his childhood, setting in motion where he is now. Uh, we get to a point where he's in college, and he realizes that he can use... Uh, this diary that he was writing to help keep track of his memories because of all these blackouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was encouraged by a doctor to keep these notebooks with all his thoughts. And then it turns out that he can travel back in time with the consciousness that he has as an adult back in time. And he decides to try and correct some of these things that happened, like try to save his dog, try to not let Kaylee get molested, (laughs) try to, um, do all these things to try and correct all the awful things that happened in his life. And then that's where the title butterfly effect comes in and the repercussions of things he thinks will make things better. And then it makes things worse. And yeah, I just, I mean, the childhood traumas alone, um, how disturbing it was. Like some of the repercussions that happened were just, uh, so audacious and just, so over the top, like looking at back at it now, I yeah. a lot of the movie is really, really silly to me, and I'll really like, cr- like I've tried to critically think about it, like how simplified the ripple effects were, because really, like more or less, I was surprised that it more or less was just trying to fill in the blanks of like certain things that happened. Like mm-hmm. I was surprised that kind of happened more often than like more broad stroke ripple effects. Like there were moments where his world completely flipped upside down, but like there is too many coincidental times where I'm just like, Oh, okay. Really? That's all you ended up doing. Like that's all like, that's the explanation for why that blackout happened. Okay. Um, like, I, I mean, he does get, he does give reactions like crap. I didn't, di- I didn't get to do anything I wanted. Like, uh, the scene where he, like the scene yeah. with the knife in the kitchen, like where he was just trying to figure out how to yeah. disable that bomb that blew up the mailbox. Um, and then his mom walked in and they jumped out of the memory and like little moments like that. Um, or just the convenience of him, like when, uh, he does end up in jail, like the sequence, the timeline where he does end up in jail. Um, and then he managed to convince his roommate that he can travel back in time and just gave himself stigmata. Like the casual, <laughs> the casual nature of that scene kind of threw me off. I was just like, Oh, so you you would just do that for him and like not think of the re- not think of the repercussions like it's it's a big idea it's it basically like it's it's such a big idea 
that like I I tried to keep myself not overthinking about like the logic of it because I mean it does it, obviously it's not real you can make up your own rules like yeah. and that's what I would say to people that wanted that want to watch this film and are like maybe listening to us for a recommendation to like retroactively watch it now but um I mean that's just kind of my reappraisal of it it's kind of silly obviously but it's a very it's taking itself very very seriously to a point that is borderline yeah. traumatizing even now like i can't believe how dark this movie wanted to get yeah. um i mean i'm i'm kind of going all over the place not chronologically but like when kaylee becomes a meth dealer prostitute like that was really shocking um when evan gets his arms blown up after another attempt to fix everything that was yeah. um i just the Lieutenant Dan segment where instead of legs, it's his arms. Yeah. Now he Yeah, like, I, uh, I'm not trying to ramble on as much as I am, but I just, it was really interesting to rewatch this film because I hadn't seen it for so long, and I don't, yeah. I still have that nostalgic kind of love for it, but this really, I, this movie, I definitely can't take it, I couldn't take it seriously as I did back then. Like, back at the time, I was just like, wow, this is really bold filmmaking. Like, 13-year-old me was, I remember telling myself <laughs> that, um... And then, um, but yeah, now it's just, I had to keep reminding myself, like, Dan, time travel doesn't exist. Like, don't overthink the logic of the repercussions. <laughs> like, obviously they didn't, like, or they only did to yeah. the extent of what they wanted to drive through, drive the plot through. And I mean, I still think it's kind of fun if you can stomach the the real ridiculous nature of it. Like, just how every man in this, except for Lenny and Evan, are terrible or absent. Um, mm-hmm. like the doctors are really that helpful either to a certain, to, to a certain extent, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, you've never seen this film before. Uh, what kind of, what, what kind of trip was this for you? So I'd never seen the movie before. Um, this is a movie that ever since we started doing the podcast, this was one that you mentioned as like a, t- uh, time machine one. Um, I remember, getting i think it was like the fast and the furious or too fast too furious on dvd is the first memory i really have of this movie because the trailer for it was on that movie and i just remember watching it and thinking ashton kutcher in a serious role mm, i'm gonna pass um <laughs> that, and that's the only reason i passed yeah. really he's not um, that bad though he's actually not so, that bad though oh no he's really good like i actually i remember uh when i was watching it i texted you and i was like ashton kutcher's actually surprisingly yeah. good in this movie um now not oscar oh oh but, lord no. You know, no 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 holds holds his own and you know uh gives a pretty good performance um so i watched this uh, uh i think on tuesday yeah it was on tuesday um and i just remember you know starting it and i was like okay okay his dad's not there he wants his dad he's gonna go hang out with a family friend and she, his mom drops him off with the family friend. And the guy, when he either either when he meets his mom at the road, I don't know what time of day it is. I'm assuming it's morning based on the like the lighting. The guy's standing there with a glass of scotch and ice. And I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, or it's when they get to the backyard, he picks it up. But again, it's like, I'm assuming it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And they want like they're like oh he wants to have fun he's excited to have fun play with his friends whatever so they walk around to the back and the kid the two kids that are back there are the brother and sister and they're kind of in costume 
like they're they're in like really they're basically their clothes, but they've got like one's got like a sword and the other's got like a knight helmet. Yeah, that's it's 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 Robin Hood. And, was that not was that not obvious? Yeah. yeah. So then, um, uh, he uh he goes to the backyard and the dad uh, the the girl goes, "Daddy got a video camera," and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> like immediately, just "Oh no!" And uh, I don't know why, like. Like I don't know how it was that obvious, but I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and so then, they, and he goes, "Why don't we go in the house? It's more like a dungeon." And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> They're like, "We're gonna make a movie." And I was like, "I don't like where this is going." And he's got alcohol in his hand, and it's a camera, and I don't like where this is going. And then the movie just cuts, and all of a sudden, Evan's standing there, and he's not—he's not wearing a shirt, and he's like, "What is that?" Like he's honestly the way he's acting. I was like, "Oh my god, he got him drunk." But it's just it's just the way he comes out of his blackouts. Yeah. But they put together what's going on, and then it just like it it jumps through to uh, later um, the scene with uh, Lenny, their friend Lenny, and then the brother and sister and Evan, and they go and they go and they're like, oh, we're gonna have fun. They're all they're all sitting in the basement smoking, and they're like, ah, oh, Dad's got some like knuckle buster firework thing it's a super super powerful explosive it's just a piece of dynamite we need to say that yeah it's a it's a stick (laughs) of dynamite i don't know why i don't know why they're allowed to have it but uh civilians but yeah it's dynamite so then they're like let's let's go have some fun with this and i was like "Uh uh-oh one of his friends is gonna blow their hand off or something and then uh they go to where they're gonna do whatever they do with the dynamite because Lenny's like, dude, the fuse is too short. And then one of them takes their cigarette and puts it on there. I think Evan does it, puts a cigarette on there, goes, this will buy you an extra two minutes with how slow it'll yeah. take to burn. So they go put it in the mailbox and then he covers the girl's ears and he blacks out. And then it comes back in and they're running through the forest and Lenny's traumatized. And I was like, well, there's no blood. I don't know what happened. Um, and then they go to the movie theater and they're still traumatized. But Evan's like, like his parents come home. And I was like, I, I genuinely don't know what happened. His mom goes, don't try using your blackouts for this. And he gives her a look. And I was like, that's good acting on the kid. Like, I believe it's like, like, he gives her a look like, I swear I would tell you what happened, but I don't yeah, know Yeah, I thought that, I thought that Evan, the teenage Evan, not elementary school Evan. Um, yeah. I, elementary school Evan was yeah, okay. elementary but... school Evan hams it yeah. a little bit. I think, I think it was one of the kids, uh, I think it was the, I think that actor, to put in perspective who it is, the elementary school Evan, I think was the child version of Earl and my name is Earl. <laughs> so that would have been around that would have oh, that would have been around show. the same time cuz that was an early thousands show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved the early seasons of okay. that show. Did he so, have the same Ashton Kutcher uh, haircut in the show? Okay. Yeah. He looked exactly that's, the same. That's something I noticed um, between all three phases was that Ashton just right off the bat, like once he gained like memory and consciousness like uh, that early stages, yeah. like in elementary school, he just knew right off the bat. Nope, I'm never gonna cut my hair again. This is this is my look. Yeah. Like so, so. Uh, but then, like later, I don't remember the exact structure of the movie. But later on, he goes to the therapist that told him to start writing stuff in his journal, and the therapist puts him in a trance, and he remembers what happens. But this is after his mom sees on the news they're like some kids that it, it was a prank gone bad. We're assuming we don't think it was. We don't assume that it was malicious, but this is bad. And I was like, "Uh oh, something really bad happened." And then he later on remembers what happened, and dude, they killed a baby. Yeah, I like, like that's so that's the, just the, another the, thing on the top of this list of that I 
I yeah, that's a super traumatic yeah. memory. No. And so, and it's not intentional. So they, they, they take, so they go find this house and this house, it's the eighties. This house has a mailbox that is the house. Yeah. So they go put the stick of dynamite in there and they're waiting for it to blow up and it's taking too long. And they're like, oh, well, let's just go get it out of there. And my first thought was like, uh oh, that means his friend, his, his going to go grab it and it's going to blow off his fingers. I was like, wait, his friend didn't have any blood. He was fine. And then they see a car come down the road and I was like, oh wow, they're going to cause a car crash because of the explosion. And then the car pulls in the driveway and a lady gets out and she's carrying a baby and she's walking in the house. And I was like, does it blow up and shrapnel hit the baby? Nope. And they start a walking towards the house and I was like, okay, I don't know what's I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then the lady stops and starts walking to the mailbox. And my first thought was, man, like, cause this is like really quick in the movie. It's like, man, this movie really like goes for super messed up stuff. Fast. Yeah. It's, it's amazing and, that the film really wasn't NC-17 just for thematic material. Yeah. Like, nothing's real. Yeah. So like, then, nothing's that graphic, so though. They're like, no, we gotta. They're like, we got Yeah, they're like, we gotta stop the lady. Like, they try to go, and they open, and the baby opens the mailbox, and that's the last shot that you see of the baby is the baby's hand open the mailbox, and then there's a big explosion, and they start running Jeez. away. And Lenny gets, Lenny gets traumatized. He essentially goes comatose while standing. He's just eyes, eyes wide open, and he's not speaking. Yeah. And, uh... Lenny, to me, was one of the more messed up characters in the movie, just because after that he goes to an asylum, and he gets out, and the scene where they kill the dog, when Ashton Kutcher travels back to the point where he's going to try and fix that memory, and he looks at Lenny, and he hands he's like, we got to find something to cut the bag open, and the, pe- the girl and Lenny are like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he goes, here, here's this sharp piece of uh, shrapnel, cut the bag open. I was like... Okay, I don't. I was like, I don't understand. I actually thought I was like, it's gonna fix this memory and everything's gonna be fine. Well, no, that that's and a then, that's a brilliant so they, tw- that's so, the brilliant twist in that scene is that that's a really good twist. So then they go to uh, they go to open the bag and uh, Evan talks to Tommy and convinces him not to do what he's gonna do. And then just out of nowhere, Lenny just walks up and stabs him in the back yeah. with a uh, with that piece of metal. And I was like. Jesus movie, and then Tommy's dead. Yeah, that's why I was saying was it. That's why I was Lenny, trying to say and was Lenny the, is in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, that's why I was trying to say was the cool twist. Not that like he was trying to like set up like cutting the rope, like that was obvious. But the twist that he was able to talk Tommy out of setting the dog on fire, and then just jink like yeah. Freddy Krueger, just like oh my god, like I that is the first time in watching a movie in a very long time where there was a story twist that when it happened I actually audibly went, "Oh no." <laughs> that was me this entire film like even now like uh watching it again, I just uh I knew when some things were coming up but I still watching it again and having it just all the memories refresh yeah. at the same time it's just like, "Oh yeah, that yeah. this movie went there." Yeah. And then again he, and again and again. <laughs> When he resets the memory, I think it was the memory of the videotaping. When he resets that memory the first time. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And he, like, it it goes through everything that it fixes, and he ends up with her in college, and they're a happy couple. Yeah, the first time time uh, they told the dad to buzz off, yeah. Yeah, these, uh, you know, it's 2004, and... uh, neon suede track sh- track suits were a thing so they dress kind of ridiculous <laughs> yeah. but his life genuine like his life genuinely turns out pretty good he gets the girl of his dreams and things like that the only thing that really goes bad is her brother tracks him down at college and starts attacking evan evan starts fighting back and the the, the one thing that i like the 
one kind of complaint I have was sometimes the violence didn't make sense. Like when he beats up Tommy and he ends up killing Tommy, I was like, I feel like he pro- like because he sprays him with mace. Tommy falls yeah. on the ground. And he starts beating him up, and I was like, okay, he's just going to beat him up, and the cops are going to come, and he's going to get charged with assault, because technically Tommy was defenseless at that yeah. point or something. But he starts beating him, and then he picks up the pipe, and I was like, I don't think he would do this. And then he caves his skull in. I was like, I really don't think he that, would do yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that was a heck of a overreaction. Of the story, yeah. yeah, for the convenience of the story, there's times where the violence goes, a, goes above what I think actually would have happened. Like, I think he just would have been beating him to the point where he probably like broke his hand or something but i don't think he no this movie him. was definitely there that's a moment among all these other moments where clearly the movie was trying to go for like excess and truly truly uh, truly was trying yeah. to like take this idea of like this this twist on time travel to like some dark places and it wasn't afraid to like um yeah i looked up these guys uh the the director and writer combo it was the same people that wrote it and directed it um Eric yeah. Bress and Jay McKenzie Gruber, uh, they also worked on, uh, right before this, in 2000 and, uh, what was, uh, don't want to get the year mixed up. Ah, I lost it. Uh, 2003, literally right before this, they were the, uh, they were the writers for uh, Final Destination 2. We need to watch those movies. I, yes, I I one hundred percent agree. But um, no, um, if you if you you have seen that though, right? That's the one where that's the, that's the final destination um, that I thought I've was seen, uh, the most graphic out of all of them. That's the I think I've seen all of them, uh, but I might have missed one movie. But Final Destination Two is the one where the start of the movie is the car crash with the semi with the logs yeah. That's it, the right? that's Final Destination Two. Yes, I've that's seen the that one, one that I that one yeah. when I saw this, I thought about that film and I was like. Okay, I believe that they wrote this because that was probably the most graphic, like violence-wise, out of all five of those. Yeah, I think they were probably still riding off, riding off the high of that movie, where they're like, "All right, so then he hits him, and then like it's a Rube Goldberg machine of everything going wrong." It's like, no, maybe he just keeps yeah. hitting him. It was, <laughs> but um, but no, um, man, uh, what did you think of what so, did you th- uh, like get as the rest of the film progressed, like as you get towards the ending, like as you like. He like you were just saying about like the perfect life in college, but then goes to jail. Um, did you <laughs> did you laugh at all? Like I did. Like I completely laughed that uh, he was like, "Oh, if I can prove to you that I can time travel, you you give me a pack of cigarettes." <laughs> <laughs> and he just draws. So he so I when the movie starts uh, and he turns in that picture, I remember. I think I texted you. When I was watching it, <laughs> so he turns in this picture and his teacher goes, Mrs. whatever Evan's last name is, I really need to talk to you. I had the kids draw what they wanted to be when they grew up yesterday and Evan turned in this and it's two people lying in a pool of blood and someone that looks like Evan just yeah. holding a knife. But if you pause this, if you pause the shot, the two people look like white supremacists uh, from jail, like they're dressed like modern uh people in jail like white tank top or white t- uh, t-shirt uh khaki khaki dickies or blue dickies yeah um and one of them has a swastika tattoo on his arm and i think i texted you and i was like now to be fair he's killing terrible people <laughs> so maybe it's not all bad maybe maybe let him go on a crusade i don't know i'm pretty sure um, the fact that he I, i'm pretty but... sure the teacher is still justly terrified that he yeah that yeah, he wanted to be a like, that he wanted uh, to be a white supremacist uh, hunter already at what seven? 
Yeah, he's idolizing murdering people when he should be doing exactly. Um, <laughs> but but um, when he goes back to that memory, he draws that. At first, I was like, why would he draw that? And the teacher goes, he says he doesn't remember drawing it. And it makes sense because he goes back in time. Exactly that that, that plot convenience where it's just kind of filling in the blank instead of just instead gets, of like true repercussion spanning problems. Yeah, he gets he gets up, walks to the teacher's desks, and goes to that. The only thing I know is every movie I've seen with business where uh, someone's like, "All right, I got to go through receipts," and they file the receipt and they put it on like a. It's literally just like a really long nail. Yeah. Um, that's uh on like a stand he just walks up the teacher has two of them on her desk and he goes hey mrs whatever look at me and just slams his hands on them i was like wow jesus uh, yeah uh one um <laughs> i have many relatives that are teachers i don't know any of them that actually had those restaurant receipt spike things well, i don't remember ever seeing one of those well, in any I mean, of in my the, relatives in the 80s, uh, classrooms in the 80s, apparently, it was real popular for students to start slamming their hands through them to claim they're the, the reincarnation of Jesus. So the school system's... I, apparently, this was a, in the same... Apparently, they're from the same <laughs> time frame that we thought um, javelin throwing was was completely safe, too. Like... Yeah. <laughs> good lord. Uh, it's, it's yeah. the same concept. Um, um, but, so when he, when he goes back to the jail, I thought it was funny that he's like, look at these scars on my hands. And his roommate just goes, oh, my God, you're Jesus. I was like, ah, sure. Yeah, that was kind of. I think you're kind of gullible. I th- Honestly, I think someone would just react in, like, a horrified manner, but I don't really think they'd immediately be like, Well, no, Jesus. he, I, I, obviously he did that deliberately to, like, be like, hey, I'm yeah. Jesus. Like, and to just really put the, I mean, no pun intended, nail, put the nail, yeah. like, really nail it in his head. Like, but that, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that shot with his face just like. I believe you, man. And he just gives him cigarettes. Like, I just that shot. That shot just made me laugh yeah. a lot. It was like, oh, he just did that for sick. He still give him cigarettes. Like that matters yeah. now. Like when you literally just saw a miracle yeah. happen. And and then and, okay, so then um, he convinces him, and he's like, I need your protection with this plan. Yeah. And so he then goes into the white supremacist, thing and he starts killing the white supremacists. And I just remember. Um, him sitting there and he's like he's because he he has to recite early on he has to recite the the memory in his head like he's like he'll read his diary and it sets up the scene and then he's back in the memory and like he's sitting there and he's like i gotta make myself believe it's happening so like there's people clamoring at the cell door like screaming like screaming at him and he just starts shouting the memory louder in his head i was like i don't i don't think I could drift away into that memory if there's guys wanting to murder yeah. me screaming. <laughs> um, that um, was, uh, oh, but, uh, shoot, remind me. There's so many jumps. Um, which, uh, which... That was the, that was the one where I think he goes back in time. He tries to reset Lenny killing. To, or tries to reset the dog being killed. And then Lenny kills Tommy. I think that was that jump. Um... Because after, because after that, he comes no, wasn't, out of it. That wasn't Lenny. Because her brother, her brother, her brother's dead. Lenny's in the mental hospital, and then he goes and visits her, and she's a crack. Oh, worker. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I, I was getting. I think it's that one. I mean, maybe. And then he, and then he says, "Well, I'm going to go." And then after that one, he decides to go back in time, and he's like, "Well, I'm just going to fix everything from the beginning. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't make that movie." So he goes back there, and he finds the bomb essentially and he's like lights it and he's like he's like i'm gonna make sure that this never blows up and, and then that's the when he kills and he goes to he yes. goes to throw it in the fireplace i was like it's an open thing 
But he goes to throw it in the fireplace, but instead it bounces out the back and it rolls up to the girl and she picks it up and she goes, look, a sparkler! And then she blows yeah, no, up. That was, that's right. I was getting, because I'm trying, I was, I keep getting, I'm, I'm getting these mixed up in my head because yeah, there was that one, which again, this laundry list of just horrifyingly traumatic things that just happened throughout the movie. Yeah. Just, um, and then um, well, what I was thinking was the next one to, I mean, kind of keep the plot going. Um so we are, we are, yeah, well, I mean, after... we're, we're running a little bit here, but, um, but no, yeah. I was getting that conflated with, um, not to just brush off how awful that was blowing Kaylee up. Um, I thought it was when he ran to the mail, I thought this was when he ran to the mailbox and, um, blew his arms up, but, uh. No, cause that's when he finds out Tommy's still alive. It's, there's so many jumps. It's hard yeah, to no, I, I see, I see now that I, I see now that but I was, I think, compl- I yeah, think that that, no, later. that was way later. I do. I remember I got that. Comp- I'm getting that completely mixed up, but, um, I did, um, the, I don't remember what the jump is where he ends back up visiting his dad, but I like where they clear, cause in the beginning I was like, oh, his dad's just a psycho killer. That's why he's strangling him and trying to kill him when he meets him. But the conversation he ends up having with him, I was like, yeah, I kind of buy why the dad, cause the dad want, the dad really wants to yeah, the dad. The- he's like, I, I want this, I want this memory to go away. It's a bloodline thing. That's yeah, the dad. The dad instinctively so the dad, knew right the second, like when he must have like blinked his eyes real fast or something yeah, during that transition. Yeah, that or because the kid's talking to him like he's a thirty-five-year-old man and he's seven. yeah dropping f bombs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but then uh, the dad's like this, this talent or this whatever it needs to stop. Uh, it was supposed to stop with me. You figured it out somehow. It's it, it has to. It well, no, he tells he tells him that. Like, no, I'm gonna go back in time and I'm gonna fix everything. And so the dad just jumps over and he's like, he has to yeah. die and starts well, strangling him. He freaks him. out. I was like, he freaks Palmer out at first Simpson. because Evan is trying to convince him, "Hey, Dad, I figured this out. What you couldn't." And then the dad is just like, yeah. "He makes a good point. You can't you can't play God." He's like, I figured it out. And yeah. His best line is, "You don't know. The next thing you do could be killing your mother." And I was like, "Okay, thanks for telling us what happens in the next." Yeah, <laughs> but um, to kind of streamline this to the ending, um, I don't. Uh, did you Wikipedia this before watching the film, or do? No, I went. I went in strictly off of what I saw okay. in the trailers. Uh, when I was younger, I did not. Okay, look well, there was because of because of how highly you talked about it. I was like, I'm not. going Well, there was anything. actually there's a director's cut that I haven't seen. Um, that yeah. I don't know how I didn't know this existed, but, um, I, I was reading about it and I'm sure it's on YouTube. I probably should have tried to YouTube this, um, before we started taping, but, uh, no, I read on the Wikipedia page that there is a director's cut and maybe somebody, maybe somebody out there can email it to us or will email it to us. Um, but apparently the original ending was him in this in the in the in the doctor's office after that very last time jump that he does where he basically has the doctor is saying to his mother that he has irreparably destroyed his brain and i loved that if they would have ended the movie there well no the way they ended it is a much happier ending than what happened in the director's cut and i i want your take on this because we both saw the happy ending just tell yeah no no no. we saw the happy we both saw the happy ending where uh, they're both in New York. They pass each other on the streets, but then they just keep walking apart from each other. So yeah. the director's cut is he's watching the he's watching not a home movie of that birthday party. He's watching a home video of his birth, and 
he literally goes into his embryo and chokes himself out with his umbilical cord to just stop the timeline there. And you hear in a monologue, like the voiceover, the mother saying, oh, all my other births that I had before were stillborn. And like some things like that. So Evan's just deciding to take himself out of the equation that way instead of taking himself out of Kaylee's life just out of that way. He's just ending it all, period. And That is brutal. First off, I don't know how this would actually look because this movie's budget was not that big. This movie, I'm suspecting, was like in the mid-teens. So I don't know how this would be executed. But I really, really (laughs) want to find this. And I I probably can... I'm sure it's on YouTube that we could find it later, but... Oh my god! I, like reading that, uh, that would have been cool. I how does so, how does that me, yeah how does how does that come off movie. to you versus the way we did end it with like this obviously more happy ending? So th- okay, there's three endings in my brain right now. There's the one that I wanted that the movie didn't give, the one that we did get in the movie. And okay, the one you so just said. go through what we saw on Netflix, the one I just told you, and then the way that you were hoping, expecting it to end. So my my. My favorite, my favorite one out of all three of those is the embryo choking himself with the umbilical cord. <laughs> my second favorite, <laughs> my second favorite is the one that I wanted, and then the my the third one would would have been the one. But, that we got. Well, okay, so then what uh, did you the expect? I, what I wanted was uh, after he's in the uh, in the sanitarium, um, and he goes into the doctor's office and he goes, "I want my notebooks. I want them now. I need my notebooks because he's he's trying to." Uh, get everything fixed. I think I asked you, I was like, was was that time jump technically before he was told to keep the journals? Because if it was, there's no journals for oh, him to keep. Oh, that's right. You did text me that. No, he... No, because when he gets into the office, he did find... Or, or no, no, no. He No, he the home video. Sorry. I was about to... Yeah, he, he found, found the, the home, home movies. movies. No. Um, I... Oh, God. I wish I paid attention more now. <laughs> I think I think he just confiscated <laughs> them and maybe destroyed them. Oh, oh! I was thinking that he jumped so far back they didn't exist. But regardless, yeah, I think I think um, they may have. Ju- I think they may have just been liked destroyed. He... Um, I might I might be wrong though. What I what I would have liked, what I would have really liked, um, would be he goes in the office and the doctor, you know, he's like, "Give me my notebooks. I need my notebooks now." And the doctor goes, "There are no notebooks. You, uh, you're so mentally ill." that you continuously have these delusions that you're going back in time and fixing things. And you like, honestly, it's the uh, shutter Island ending where it's no, the mystery in your head isn't actually the mystery. You're just hallucinating. I would have really liked that Uh Hmm. in certain ways that might've been a cop out, but I, for this movie, I would have loved it where they just go, no, you're so mentally ill that, you know, you're just tra- like you're having delusions of grandeur in your head. You think you're fixing everything and then it goes wrong. So you think you have to go back. But in reality, there is no notebooks. You can't time travel. You're d- and, and then he would have the, the delusions so strongly that he thinks he can fix everything. And in reality, he can't. I would have really loved that. And that would that would have been... um, not apparently not as much as strangling embryos. <laughs> no, but... we should. um <laughs> I'll tell you what. No one, no one has to email this to us. We'll. I'm sure it's on YouTube. We'll find it. Um, if yeah. We. No. We'll. I don't know. Do you want to pause for a second, try to find it, or do you just want to wrap it up here and just pretend and nah. just let the nah, let the people assume we found fine. it and just had that little moment for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. No, I mean. I mean, 
No, I, I'll look it up after the yeah, show. Yeah, I will. Point. I will too. We'll text each other. Sorry, sorry, listeners. You won't get to yeah. hear our reaction to that ending once we find it. You'll hear it. Ne- you'll okay. hear it next okay. week, probably. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, well, we. Uh, yeah. Only... Let's. Uh, if you have any final thoughts on this, I mean, I just uh, we've just been going along a little have... a little long on this, but uh, what's your final thoughts on this? I have one. What? I have one. One extra sure, thing sure. to talk about to bring it back to my name is Earl. His roommate is randy from my name is earl and i love that actor i love his oh you oh uh uh, amazing older older uh older lenny right no 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 his roommate the hefty goth guy oh the goth guy oh that's 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 randy from my name is earl every time i see that guy in something i love the performance i love his roommate (laughs) it was amazing i oh jesus yeah i don't know how i went this whole episode without talking about him (laughs) um it's an interesting look to him um i thought i would when you said uh yeah the scene in the bar where the people throw the stuff at him so he like hits the cue ball and breaks their beer they get up and he just snaps the cue stick over him gives them a look i was like yeah he's i was like well based on the way this movie is going to go here's a memory oh yeah here comes here comes another (laughs) traumatic a bunch of jocks here comes some spike (laughs) yeah um but any but i thought uh, when you said roommate i thought you meant um I thought you meant Lenny, which um, I was going to mention that um, he's no, no, he's no, in, that, that's the that's yeah the later, he's a yeah. uh, for you guys Lenny's actually um, in Daredevil he's a uh, uh, foggy he's foggy in Daredevil um, mm-hmm. which I thought this that was kind of interesting um, having watched yeah having not put two and two together forgetting that he was this was kind of where he was at beforehand um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah no but, what's uh, yeah, final my... thoughts brownie points. Uh, Final thoughts. I'm super glad you had me watch this. Um, it was really entertaining. I really liked it. I'm glad that I was very wrong about it based on what I thought thought it would be. Um, acting's good. Story is, you know, it's one of those stories where it's not, obviously it's not realistic, but it's one of those ones where it's the right amount of dark. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Kelsey came over about an hour in. And she missed the first hour of the movie, and when she came over, found it so interesting that she just sat there in silence and was just, like, staring at the movie to figure out what would happen. <laughs> um, I really dug it. I really liked it. Uh, brownie points, I would give it um, probably a 3.5. Okay, we're right about at the same length. We're right at the same level. Like like I said, in my, yeah. uh, my retrospective of it to start this, um, it is a very, very silly movie. But it takes itself <laughs> so ridiculously seriously and doesn't, and it's not afraid. It's well, simultaneously, it's not, not afraid to be so dark and have all these horrifying things happen for its plot. When really, it is such yeah. a silly premise. Um, I just can't. I love audacious, audacious, gutsy, big, big ideas. Go big, go home. Like. Yeah. I still very much appreciate it that way while also acknowledging that like a lot of my love of this still comes kind of out of the nostalgia of like how dark this was. Like this was definitely one of the darker movies I ever watched uh, or first watched when I was younger getting into filmmaking, um, really getting into movies in general. Um, But I mean, it still holds, it still holds up. I laughed a lot more than I, than I did before like watching it younger, but no, I, I, uh, no, three and a half honestly sounds right to me. I, I would be lying to myself if I still didn't, really love this movie even though there are problems i have with yeah. it um again it's more of a nostalgic love that's why i'm not going higher than like three and a half but yeah three three and a half is feels about right for this film all right so 
with that, that is Time Machine for this week. Nick and I are going to be back in just a moment to close things out and let you know what we got going on next week. All right, and that is it for another episode of Brownie Points. As always, I got to thank Ryan Anderson for providing the music for the series. Thank you so much. Next week, Nick and I will be back to talk about Jordan Peele's new thriller, Us. Nick, where are we going to go into the time machine? We're going to head back to 2002. We're going to take a look at Sam Raimi's first attempt at a Spider-Man movie simply titled Spider-Man. All right. Good news in the podcast front, guys, by the way. We are on Spotify. We are on Spotify. We're also on Anchor.com at the moment. We are still waiting to hear back from everybody else like iTunes, Google Play, all the other platforms. We'll let you know via social media once those become available for you to continue to share us that way. Uh, Speaking of social media, Nick, where can people find us via social media? Uh, We're most active on Facebook. Uh, Just look up Brownie Point's Guide to Cinema. Um, the picture uh, of our Facebook page is a bowl of popcorn with a brownie in it. Um, uh, also, we have a Twitter handle. Uh, we're not as active on that, but we do post every once in a while. And also, YouTube is a good place to listen to us as well and interact with us there. Uh, and then also, we have an email address, browniepointsguidetocinema at gmail.com. Yes, type that email address once so you don't ever have to type it out again. I know it's a long email address, but once we're in your contacts... That'll be so much easier for you to interact with us all the time. All right. So with that, that is it for me and Nick. We will see you next week on Brownie Points. Brownie Points.